Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Straight out of the beautiful Sonoran Desert in Arizona, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare tearjerker if there ever was one. Would you like fries with that Medicare? Here is expert Doug Jones. Well, good day, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It's wonderful to have you joining us today. And uh, I just want to say that it's another magnificently hot, sunny day in Arizona. Boy, I've been back from Illinois for just a few days, and I still haven't recovered my energy level, uh, which uh, Arizona always brings out in me. So, I think I was beaten down by being up north, and uh, I am now in the process of uh, regaining my strength and energy, and I couldn't be happier to have you all with me today to uh, enjoy that part of the process. This is fun for me. It's fun for my crew, and uh, I'm hoping that it's fun for you. I am here to help people feel comfortable about that impending transition between Obamacare and Medicare, and one of the ways that I can help people feel comfortable and confident about that would be to encourage them to buy and read my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. It's available for you at uh, barnesandnoble.com or at amazon.com. And if you go to amazon.com, then you will have four different editions from which to choose four different price levels and four different ways in which you may absorb the vast knowledge that Medicare requires, which has been boiled down into just spoonfuls of sugar. Uh, and they go down so easily. Each page that you turn will open new understanding. And eventually when you close the cover and say, aha, I finished the book and I now know everything I need to know about Medicare, your next step is going to be to contact yours truly to help you with the portions of your Medicare coverage that require an insurance professional. And that's what I do. I help people take up the insurance plans, the optional insurance plans that fill the gaps in Medicare and provide seamless coverage against high, unfortunate medical bills. And then at some point, in our relationship, we'll shake hands, at least, uh, you know, not literally, but figuratively, and uh, we'll go our separate ways, and you will come and ask me questions in the future as they may arise, but you will have the confidence of knowing that you've got a handle on Medicare. You have seen it, and you have defeated it. As uh, Julius Caesar famously wrote, Veni, Vidi, Vici, you came, you saw, and you conquered Medicare. And I will move on to other people who are uh, following behind you in their uh, their relationship with Medicare. Uh, other people also might include my uh, my guest host 
and um, podcast um, monitor podcast. Um, oh, geez. What are you, Randy? Give me a give me an adjective for you. Uh, I am a podcast god. Okay, my podcast god <laughs> sitting right across the screen from me, Randy Carson. Uh, he is uh, raring to go. We I've been back just a short time, and uh, I think he's he's missed having the regular action of podcast recording that that uh, I my presence in town provides. So, how are you doing, Randy? It's good to see you again. Well, like you just said, Mr. Jones, I'm very happy to have you back in town. I don't know why, but, you know, when you get down into a pattern and Lord knows we've got this down pat because we're what, 560 some, 70 some episodes. We've hey, done. You're very optimistic. It's more like 520. 520. Well, I know we're cruising in on 65,000 downloads. Well, there so. you go. So when we when you're on the road, I love you being on the road because it's it's something different. And I, I know that I know the podcast listeners like it because every time we do, we get some really positive comments about the doing the remotes. But it uh, takes a lot of it takes a lot of brain power. Yeah. Uh, in my case, to to operate in a different way, because I'm so used to doing it this way. Sure, that, understood. Does that make any does that make any sense? It sure does. And there's a you know, that's a good case for just staying put because that takes less brain power and we still have a predictable result. I like the predictable result where the sound is good, the the uh, length of time that we're on is uh, fairly consistent. We don't, uh, you know, I don't ramble for an hour and a half because I don't have a timer with me. So, I don't mind uh, you know, uh, catering to those who like predictability and being in Arizona for every one of our podcasts is predictable. So it is. But I, I still think we ought to go drink Guinness on your driveway again. Like, Oh, we did before. Oh, absolutely. We need to do that remote. Yeah. The other thing I was going to tell you is we've been joking about it over the last couple, well, probably the last couple months, maybe six weeks, your fancy Dan little timer cubes. Oh yes. Uh-huh. You stand, you, you know, you put one the down, ones, you shake it, shake it, put it I down can, with 15. I can hear them, but, I can hear them yeah. but you can't. Yeah, apparently the, the sound is so, it's like a dog whistle because I, <laughs> Doug goes, well, the, the timer's going off and I'm going, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was struck deaf. Anyway, you were going to say something about those cubes. Well, I don't, I'm not going to crush your, uh, you know, your idea about those cubes, but I, if I was you. Yep. I'd hold your investment in those cubes to the two you've got. All right. Well, I'll tell you something. The uh, <laughs> the spousal unit, the uh, content curator, was the one who purchased those cubes after seeing them at our next door neighbor's house. So I'm not really in charge of how many we eventually wind up with. I think there's a whole fleet of them. You could buy lots and lots of them. But I know now that I'm only going to use them for timing things that only I need to hear. So you won't be included. Now, the other thing, the other podcast news, lazy Medicare for the lazy man news, a uh, horror of horrors is that we were in the middle of doing a 50 question um, Medicare trivia, uh, not contest, but a trivia. Uh, we were sharing a question per episode with the audience. You know, you were asking me a question. I was trying to tap dance uh, through my medicare knowledge to come up with some sort of a cogent answer some some i did better than others but um so today in a note that i send to randy before every podcast i reminded him oh 
we've been neglecting our Medicare questions. Let's get back to doing that. And he said, what questions? <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> so now after a little conversation, he seems to think he might be able to figure out where they are after having reorganized his whole operating system, uh, his massive uh, computer servers or, you know, they, they need extra how many extra tons of air conditioning capacity because they generate so much heat in your uh, yeah. magnificent suite of offices. But I'm hoping that you find those questions. Otherwise we're going to have to devise something to take up that, that part of the content. Well, so, I will, I will definitely find them. I just, you know, like everybody else, I, I had links to the uh, various things on my desktop. And when I had to rebuild my, uh, my machine, I, didn't obviously have the links to put back just yet. I will find them. I promise that. It's just that I have, you know, the other thing I was going to mention to you, there's a system that I eventually over the course of time I had to start using because uh -huh. I have so much stuff I have to keep track of. I've got, uh, you know, just thought, I mean, literally, even your, just your website, MedicareForTheLazyMan.com. Do, uh -huh. do you know how many files that it takes me to run that website and how many I have to keep track of? L let me guess, three? You're a bit short. <laughs> okay. Well, what's the big picture then? I'm missing something. But th maybe this is why I have you in my life, so I don't have to think about this kind of stuff. The website to produce one cohesive view to the world, on, on you know, when you go there on the web, yep. back behind the scenes in your particular website, there are somewhere today around 60,000 files. Holy moly, Jesus. I, who knew? Who knew? A, a simple little website like mine, that's insane. And that's the reason I have a lot of tracking capability. One thing I was going to mention to you is there's a new, because you have a lot of tracking need too. One thing you might want to look into, and this would be good for the audience too, is if you have a lot of stuff you need to keep track of, Rather than just keeping them in file folders, you know, Joe Doak's file folder, that's a good way to start. But there's yeah. a new technique now called tagging. Okay. So you have uh, a system, you have, there's an application you get and you say, okay, all of these files, I'm going to tag them with something so that even though they're in different file folders, Right. If, right. They, if they have some relationship to one another, like, like these are all my customers that like sneakers. Well, sure. I've got that all that kind of stuff because I've got insurance companies and their yeah. products and the customers and on and on and on. So I would have a need for this kind of thing if it really improves the uh, organizational oh, it, capacity. It really does because you can look at your day, uh, look at your information, uh, slice and dice it and look at a, a lot of different ways. And you can say, okay, I want to know all of my customers that like sneakers and live I'm in California. And how might take one, this particular supplement plan. How might one search for that? How might one learn how to do this? Well, I will show you the way. Okay. Well, how about the uh, listeners that might want to learn? I I will show them the way. We'll we'll have a little <laughs> play after I show you the way. We'll have a little a little uh, training session. I guess I'll I'll identify some products that you can use and why you'd want to do this. But it's it's for people like you know insurance agents that have you know just loads and loads of paperwork to track. And yeah. uh, I use it because of all the software I have to track. Well, that's very cool because I scan all kinds of stuff and put it in files on my computer. And I'm just waiting for the day it all collapses 
under its own weight. And uh, I'm not <laughs> able to find a damn thing anymore. So I'll be looking forward to any sort of a, a new millennium uh, kind of solution for that kind of thing. So please this don't is the real. This, we're going to get you into the 21st century, so, sir. Uh, I'll be kicking and screaming all, every inch of the way. <laughs> all righty. What I had in mind for today was a trip down memory lane to a uh, an, a time in the past when things were beautiful and everything was was uh, there were no problems and everybody was happy all the time. There was no political strife in the United States. And uh, then one day, uh, a, a little event happened that we call the Tylenol murders. And uh, frankly, as of about a year ago, it passed its 40th anniversary. The Tylenol murders took place in and around Chicago uh, at, I think, Walgreens drugstores. People went into drugstores and bought like Tylenol and uh, unscrewed the caps of their Tylenol containers, popped a couple of pills and keeled over dead from cyanide poisoning. Up, oh, Randy uh, woke up there. He was about ready to start his typical uh, Medicare for the lazy man nap. <laughs> this, did you not remember the Tylenol murders, Randy? You know, I didn't. I, oh all my I, god! And to my, uh, all right, I won't. I'm not going to, uh, you know, tell the story because I don't remember it that well. But I do remember it vaguely. Okay. Well, I assumed it to be a clear memory for our target market. Our our typical audience member is in their 60s or older. And uh, so they weren't little kids or anything when this was going on 40 years ago. But what happened was that there was a nut out there who decided to randomly poison people. And they did it by buying Tylenol containers dumping them out, dumping the pills out, putting cyanide capsules in place of the contents of the Tylenol containers, and then putting them on the shelves of uh, more than one drugstore in the Chicago area. And uh, that had, uh, I think it killed seven people. Um, if you uh, Google the Tylenol murders, you can see the pictures of the seven people that accidentally took cyanide and died instead of, you know, thinking it was Tylenol. And uh, the whole thing is they had nobody to pin this on. Uh, the cops were working 24-7, 365 to try to find a suspect. And I'm sure they shook down a lot of people that uh, could have been uh, very suspicious. And they all, they finally centered on one guy, but they could never bring the case to court. And this guy just died recently. Uh, he was a 36 year old guy named james lewis who uh, was now 76 i don't know what killed him i'd like to think he accidentally took one of his cyanide pills assuming he was the the uh, culprit but this guy lived in massachusetts and uh, they surveilled the heck out of this guy in order to make sure that he didn't do anything stupid but i think the way they they narrowed in on him was that he sent a uh, a letter a, a um an extortion letter to whoever makes Tylenol, like Johnson and Johnson or somebody. Uh, and he was trying to extort a whole bunch of money out of them. So there was no definitive proof that he actually caused the poisonings. Uh, but there is, uh, you know, incontrovertible proof that he actually tried to extort the, uh, the uh, Tylenol manufacturer for untold countless millions. Actually, he <laughs> wasn't untold countless millions. It was very much like, um, uh, Dr. Evil, 
who I uh, was going to hold the world uh, hostage for a million dollars. Well, uh, he had been in a, a state of animation, a suspended animation for a long time, and a million dollars wasn't worth nearly what he uh, thought it was going to be. Well, in this case, this guy demanded a million dollars be wired to a bank account if you want to stop the killing, quote, unquote. That's according to the Chicago Tribune. And so this guy only asked for a million dollars. I have an idea that they would have scraped up a whole lot more if, in fact, it would have stopped the cyanide poisonings. Now, once they nailed this guy, uh, the poisonings or the the contamination of products stopped and it didn't happen again, but the whole packaging industry was set on its ear. Uh, but it, it was probably a boon to those guys that that actually invent and manufacture uh, drug packaging because all of a sudden every company demanded tamper-proof packaging. And that is not just in the drug industry, but also food and other types of stuff like that. So this guy basically changed the world. He changed packaging in the united states he changed the, our concept of safety of walking into a store picking a product off the shelf and assuming that it was going to be safe um, and he just screwed with everybody and removed some of the confidence that people have in their day-to-day -day lives and he just croaked so if he was the culprit that poisoned these people then i say good riddance to him and if not then you know uh, <laughs> what's another 76 year old guy dropping dead. But in this case, uh, they watched him carefully and he never tried to do anything else, but they never could bring a case against him. They just didn't have enough evidence, uh, to take him to court. So seven people between the ages of 12 and 35 years old died in 1982 after ingesting extra strength Tylenol capsules that were found to have been laced with cyanide. So I just uh, wanted to commemorate that particular anniversary. It's um, it's uh, not uh, pleasant. Uh, certainly wasn't a pleasant time, and it was a uh, an event that had profound changes in uh, the way we live our lives. Now, you know, people with arthritis have trouble opening <laughs> pill containers and so forth, but it's ultimately for their own good because we've protected them against contamination by nutcases. I guess is uh, the the best way to look at it. Um, okay, I have another little element of um, news that is not pleasant for me or my clients, but it's to be expected. After the Obama administration and the Democrats that were in charge of Congress back in those days pushed Obamacare, um, there were profound changes in the individual health insurance plans that were available for people who did not have coverage from their employer's group health plans at that time. Um, it, it, when I first entered the insurance business in the 1970s, and when I first started learning about health insurance, there were many, many companies who offered health insurance plans to individuals. Um, and generally speaking, an individual applying for an indiv uh, for a health insurance plan would have to answer a health questionnaire uh, to make sure that they weren't sick. Because if a company took clients on without doing any medical underwriting like that, then every person with an incurable or um, a, a serious illness would sign up for that company, and that company would go broke very soon. So in order to protect themselves, each company had its own questionnaire 
devised by actuaries and and um, health experts. Uh, the uh, questionnaires were different from one company to another, but basically you had to go through medical underwriting. And so, of course, those people that had uh, serious illnesses that could not qualified because of medical underwriting uh, started making a lot of noise. And some states responded by creating risk pools. The health insurance companies operating within those states would have to um, contribute some money to a pool that would then pay for coverage for otherwise uninsurable people. And then there were temporary or short-term medical plans, which filled a very important void for people who were between jobs, people who were um, had a temporary need for health insurance. Uh, uh, you know, maybe their company went broke and their coverage came to an end and they weren't quite old enough for Medicare. Or in the cases that I see very often, maybe it's a spouse who is a couple of years younger than the employee. The employee retires and goes on Medicare. The spouse needs health insurance coverage for a couple of years. So, what are they going to do? Well, to apply for a regular Obamacare plan, now that the um, they've been mutated by the Democrats um, low those many years ago, uh, they are hugely expensive and they cover things that most people don't care about, like a 60-year-old person isn't really going to care about maternity coverage. But yet the Obamacare plans are uh, forced to provide that, it adds to the cost. There are many other little things that are thrown into an Obamacare uh, health insurance policy. And uh, what what happened when Obamacare became the law of the land was that many companies completely removed themselves from that marketplace, uh, individual health insurance. And uh, there were places that it was impossible to get individual health insurance. I was approached by a dentist who was moving to Phoenix back in the, I don't know, the 1990s, maybe the 2000s. And uh, there was no company selling individual health insurance in Phoenix. And he, I don't know what he did for uh, coverage for himself and his wife, but he did not have an option. And it had been a very vibrant part of the marketplace prior to the, the advent of Obamacare. So what I've been doing to help my clients who have a spouse who's not ready for Medicare yet is uh, introducing them to short-term health insurance plans. They don't have very much underwriting up front. There aren't a million questions to answer, only a few questions. Typically, they don't cover anything you have, but they will cover anything that happens to you after the policy starts. And so they're a lot cheaper. And they're a lot more attractive to people who are otherwise healthy, but have a year or two, maybe three, maybe two months to go before their Medicare coverage becomes uh, available to them. And so these plans are a very cost-effective solution to a temporary or short-term problem. And uh, in fact, I'm able to help people get this kind of coverage that will last up to three years or as little as one month. And so it's a very cost-effective way to budget your health insurance coverage. If you're pretty healthy going in, then it'll cover you if a train runs over you or or if you uh, come down with some disease while you're covered under the plan, then it will pay for those expenses. Um, and the deal is that the Biden administration, no surprise here, is uh, aiming to crack down on short-term health plans. Uh, they 
announced plans to tamp down on short-term health plans last Friday, I think this was. And um, it's an ongoing effort to lower health care costs. Well, like almost everything else the Democrats do, the uh, unintended consequences will cause an increase in health care costs for many people that these plans are serving. Um, The proposal would reverse a controversial Trump-era rule that expanded the duration of short-term health plans, or what critics refer to as junk plans. Under the new rules, if finalized, plans that claim to be short-term health insurance would be limited to just three months or a maximum of four months if extended instead of the current three-year maximum. And under the proposed rules, plans are required to provide consumers with clear disclaimer that explains the limits of their benefits, including to existing consumers, consumers currently enrolled in these plans. The Trump administration finalized the regulation in 2018 for short-term, limited-duration plans that can bypass requirements under the ACA, which is Obamacare, to cover pre-existing conditions and essential health benefits. They skipped all that stuff, which was very expensive. The rule said that the 12-month plans can be renewed for up to 36 months. Now, that's they're modified by state action. So the states are uh, ultimately responsible. But in many states, they're available for up to 36 months, which is a boon to people who don't want to just pay through the nose for an Obamacare plan and um, still want to have quality health coverage. So uh, let's see, this article goes on to say the insurance industry and consumer advocates charge the plans offer skimpy coverage and can deceive consumers that they're getting more robust benefits. Uh, that's uh, some guy named Robert King reported that. So I'm going to skip most of these short-term plans were created to fill in brief gaps in coverage for workers as they move between jobs. This would include kids that graduate from college. Um, this would include people whose spouse goes on Medicare and who are without group insurance coverage until they are eligible for Medicare. And it says they were never designed to work as comprehensive coverage. Um, And that's uh, fairly true. They weren't designed to be as all-encompassing as Obamacare plans. The very expensive plans are forced to be. So anyway, um, the, the company I use, Pivot Health, is a marketing company that has several um short-term health insurance plans, and they have said they saw this coming. They knew that this was going to be a problem for their product portfolio, and they're not giving up the ghost. They're not throwing in the towel yet. And I'm hoping that my future clients that have need for this type of a product will be uh, continue to be served by uh, this as the regulations uh, pass through the regulatory approval process assuming there is such a thing. So, Randy, I'm uh, disturbed by this news, uh, but um, there's always hope for the future. This is why it it um, makes a difference who you vote for, I guess, huh? We should probably take that lesson away. Oh, I think that's true, Doug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't take any wooden nickels, you know, how they used to say that. Well, that yeah. applies to your political party, too. Absolutely. <clears throat> so Absolutely. anyway, guess what just went off? I bet the crickets chirped. Is that correct? Yes, they did. And I they are so happy that you're back in Arizona. I they, love those little crickets. Those little the, buggers are the, they're the, the cutest cricket, little goddamn things. 
even though they're back on regular time, you know, I mentioned to you while you were out there in Pugsleyville that I was having to pay time and a half to the crickets. Yeah. Yep. And uh, are they able to survive back on, on straight time now? Yeah. Yeah. They are. They're doing fine. They're doing fine. But, you know, since they've actually warned us that our 75 cents is gone, I need to wrap up a couple things. I always tell it. I always tell everybody that in case you didn't hear it or assume it or read it, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare planning, especially circling around the supplements. Uh, Medigap, you may know that as, but actually they're Medicare supplement plans. He loves to hear from you, and you can read anywhere in his book what his uh, email address is, but you can also copy it down today. It's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He loves to hear from you. Now that he's back home in his fortress of solitude, he spends a lot of time, especially early in the morning, at the mailbox looking for interesting mail coming in to dbj at mlmmailbag.com. You can check us out at the website with medicareforthelazyman.com because there's a number of things going on there that I think you'll enjoy. A lot of resources, a lot of good stuff to look at, and even, even a drag race. Yes, between a 57 and a 56 Chevy, or no, a 55 and a 57. Yep, yep, and I watch it. I watch it all the time. So anyway, having said all that, there's a couple things that I'd like to ask you. Do us a favor. Find somewhere to give us some rankings, some points, some brownie points, some something. <laughs> give us something uh, on a somewhere that you can rank the podcast and or the book because we are always up against the rating wars. It's just a nature of the beast on the podcast world. But having said all that, I want to thank you for joining us because without you, it's not nearly as much fun as it is with you. And we didn't have to kick anybody out for being rowdy today. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we are going to go up, close up shop today because in case you weren't watching your clock, weren't watching your your watch and certainly didn't have a timer. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have to close it in. And you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's back home where he wants to be and where we want him to be in Cave Creek, Arizona, in the high altitudes and his fortress of solitude. Where this, where the stairways go, go clockwise, you know. Yep. Well, that's how I get up to the top when they're they're uh, evil doers that I have to evil fight doers. It, yeah, I heard just the other day he told me he was having to fend off a bunch of Medicare Advantage people cruising around his neighborhood, hiding uh, behind bushes. They're thick as thieves around here. But yeah. thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, Randy, for uh, uh, your elegant closure of this particular episode we're both going to be looking forward to joining you again next time 